So, yes. somebody, please, other than me, state the obvious that Joe Biden is not cognitively well. I don't say that. Be- I don't say that because I'm trying to get clicks or go viral. I say that because the man is clearly, I mean, it's truly unbelievable. If you didn't see it, here we go. How would you get those same Republicans to work with you? Well, look, the next president of the United States can have to do do two things. Defeat Donald Trump. That's number one. And number two, he's going to have to be be able to go into states like Georgia and North Carolina and other places and get a Senate majority. That's what I'll do. You have to ask yourself up here, who is most likely to be able to win the nomination in the first place, to win the presidency in the first place? And secondly, who is most likely to increase the number of people who are Democrats in the House and in the Senate? And uh, by the way, I learned something about these impeachment trials. I learned, number one, that Donald Trump doesn't want me to be the nominee. That's pretty clear. He held up aid to make sure that while at the same time innocent people in the Donbass are being killed by Russian soldiers. Secondly, I found out that Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. So uh, I've uh, I learned a lot about these things early on from these hearings that were that being held. But the bottom line is, I think we have to ask ourselves the honest question. Who is most likely to do what needs to be done? Produce a Democratic majority in the United States Senate, maintain the House, and beat Trump. Can I state the obvious, folks? Can I state the obvious? And again, I want to be very clear. This is not to tease Joe Biden. This is not to play politics, to get clicks, to go viral. I am a journalist. I have eyes. And it is my job to state what we see in front of us. Whether you want to attribute it to old age, whether you want to attribute it to something else. I'm not going to play internet doctor. That's not appropriate. We don't do diagnoses. Joe Biden is clearly declining mentally. And if the Democratic Party's main goal, we got to bring in Michael Bloomberg, we got to bring in Deval Patrick, who's next, Jeff Bezos? If the main goal is to defeat Donald Trump, if the main goal is to defeat Donald Trump, You're going to put somebody up who is essentially one moment away from combusting in front of our eyes against one of the most skilled snakes politically in American history. You could say a lot of things about Donald Trump. Obviously, there's hearings going on. Obviously, he's corrupt. I personally think he should be impeached for many things, including the Ukraine thing. But he's a damn good salesman. He's a damn good marketer. He's an expert on reverse psychology. He's an expert on canceling out your attacks with deflection. And he's not yet stumbling and mumbling through all of his points. By the way, to state the obvious, if Joe, if Bernie Sanders was stuttering, if Bernie Sanders was pausing, clearly losing his train of thought. If Bernie Sanders was, frankly, 
falling apart mentally in front of our eyes on a debate stage. MSNBC would would be bringing in health experts, would be bringing in doctors. CNN would be bringing in Sanjay Gupta. They would not only be telling him to drop out of the presidential race. They would not only be telling him to drop out as a senator. They would be recommending which nursing home he should go to. I don't say that humorously. This is the truth. But all of the, and by the way, this is not my opinion. I have spoken with, at least at this point, four or five journalists who work for corporate media outlets. They are all talking about this behind the scenes. They are all talking about this. This is what's being chattered about at these debates. But not one will dare say anything on air or in print. It's time for Joe Biden's family to step in here. It's time for Joe Biden's campaign to step in here. His loved ones, his friends. I'm not saying he has a um, actual cognitive illness. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to play one on the internet in my parents' kitchen to get clicks. But do you really want your husband or or your father or your, your whatever to essentially, for his legacy, which I think is a terrible legacy, but they don't, to be remembered for literally, if he's the nominee, losing to Donald Trump because he basically was falling apart due to old age and health. Three seconds is all it took. Three seconds is all it took for this man to start stuttering and mumbling. This is not you know, everyone's different, obviously, but you got somebody the same exact age right next to him who's not having these mental struggles. So if he is talking and, and performing this way in November 2019, I'm saying this because if the goal is to defeat Donald Trump, cognitive decline, in, in a lot of cases, it happens relatively quick. If he's struggling this way in November 2019, how do you think he's going to perform almost a year later in October 2020 in three debates against what whether you like him or not, one of the most skilled snakes and politicians in American history. You think Hillary Clinton's defeat to Donald Trump was something? Wait till Joe Biden loses. MSNBC, after Elizabeth Warren, anyone who knows politics, after Elizabeth Warren basically completed her step-by-step, month-by-month moonwalk, MSNBC asks her a question basically framed as, Senator Warren, you're for, um, you're for Medicare for all, and your plan is Medicare for all, but Obama, uh, the, the Democrats ran in 2018 on expanding Obamacare, and they won. And that message seems to be uh, more appealing to voters than Medicare for all. So, I, you know, there's multiple lies in that one question. So again, you can't call these questions and you can't call them debates because the moderators, which in this case were four women, terrific, but they're four propagandists. So first of all, she's not for Medicare for all anymore, but the media is trying to prop her up Still, 
And all you got to do is look at, by the numbers, I mean, look who got the most time. That's Elizabeth Warren, got 13 minutes and 23 seconds, followed by Mayor Pee Wee Herman, 12 minutes and 44 seconds, followed by stumbling, mumbling Joe Biden at 12.35, Bernie, 11. This is the second debate in a row. Elizabeth Warren got the most time to talk. So she's not for Medicare for All. She is for now pushing a public option within 100 days, which, by the way, they're not even asking her, uh, how are you going to do that? That's not something you could do by executive order. And a public option, by the way, is not some easy thing to get through. Just like Medicare for All is not some easy thing to get through. So she is now proposing a public option in year one, I'm going to, you know, cut around the edges, lower prescription drugs, blah, 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 blah. And then in year three, I'll actually try to pass Medicare for all. This, anyone who knows politics knows this is not going to ha- not going to happen. Anyone who knows politics, I think her plan said she's going to ask Congress to enact Medicare for all in year three. Yes, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer will just say, yes, President Warren, whatever you say, whatever you want. The insurance companies, the healthcare companies, they'll just part the political Red Seas and pass it. So MSNBC basically, in their question, lied. They lied. They pretended that Elizabeth Warren is still for Medicare for All. And as such, she did not have to answer for her moonwalk. And frankly, and you're not going to like it, but I'm not, I'm not a Bernie sycophant here. I think Bernie Sanders continued his pattern which, if he loses, this is why he's going to lose, of coming out guns a-blazing, figuratively, in one debate, and then the next debate just being there. And I know, I know, people are going to say, well, Jordan, they didn't give him any time to talk. Well, Jordan, he's just waiting for the, the, the field to narrow. How, there's less than three months before Iowa. How long are you going to wait? The next debate is December 19th, folks. The debates after that have not been named, where they are and what, what, what the dates are. The next debate on December 19th, probably, this one had 10, will probably still have six or seven candidates. How long is Bernie Sanders going to wait to throw elbows every debate? Because he should have not waited for MSNBC to ask him. He should have, in his answer, pointed out... Uh, you know, respectfully, my, my, you know, although the moderators didn't uh, ask, uh, my friend here, Senator Warren, uh, she said she was with me. But she is now not for uh, propo- uh, passing Medicare for all right out of the gate. Bernie Sanders is not fighting like mentally like he is in a street fight for the presidency. He still wants to have these niceties. He still wants to be diplomatic. He still, you know, is embracing old school politics of, oh, my friend, the senator over here, blah, blah, blah. Bernie, she's not genuine about Medicare for all. You clearly know this. He did not have to hammer her over the head. But when MSNBC lobbed the softball at her, pretending she is still for Medicare for all, that's when you raise your hand. And if they don't call on you, you get in there. That was the opportunity for Bernie to say, I, I, significant, I, I sincerely respect my friend Elizabeth Warren. She's a terrific senator, but we need to set the record here. 
I am the only candidate on stage proposing on day one a Medicare for all single payer program. My friend over here, Senator Warren, who months ago said she's with me, uh, is now proposing something significantly different, which is not Medicare for all. And she says she's going to pass Medicare for all in the third year, which frankly is problematic. And then you set up, yes, a contrast, a fight. So if Bernie doesn't insert himself, if Bernie doesn't draw that contrast, then the fairly significant number of people that are kind of in between Bernie and Warren, they don't have the contrast. They don't know. So this is not only, by the way, because, oh, I tend to be a more aggressive person or I want to fight. It's not about that. This is how you win. I think Bernie Sanders, although he did not win the 2016 primary, had opportunities to win. He had opportunities. And I know it was stolen from him, but I'm talking about during the debates. He had opportunities to hammer Hillary Clinton over the head. Figuratively, not not literally. And he chose not to. So if we want to sit here and be Bernie bros and gals, because there are, by the way, there are people in the progressive media space that do not tend to criticize Bernie Sanders because they want to interview him and they want to be in good stead with the campaign. I don't give a damn. He hasn't given me an interview when I was at the Young Turks. I don't know if he's going to give me the interview anytime soon, but I'm just going to keep it real. Because this notion that, oh, he just doesn't have time. He didn't have time. They barely called on him. He's waiting till the field narrows. People start paying attention right before Iowa around Christmas time. I'm talking about people that aren't diehard into politics like you and I and Jen. Okay? The general electorate start paying attention to the primaries closer to like a month before Iowa. So the next debate is December 19th, I think. Judge is going to be in that debate. Biden, Warren, uh, Bernie, Kamala Harris, that's five. Andrew Yang, that's six. As it stands right now, probably Amy Klobuchar, that's seven. I think Booker is gone. I think Tom Steyer is gone. I don't think he could buy his way on that debate. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, I don't think is going to make the next debate. Who am I missing? Yeah. There's still going to be seven people. Possibly eight if Booker doesn't drop out. Kamala Harris is going to make the debate stage. Uh, I believe Amy Klobuchar will make the debate stage. So, Upstate Raider, Bernie is winning. Stop hitting panic. No, Upstate Raider, you're not getting it. And save this video. Bernie's not winning. Joe Biden, through all his stumbling and all his mumbling, has kept, cut, kept, a healthy lead in in a lot of these polls and in national polls. And Bernie's biggest opportunity is twofold. He's got to pick off some of those Biden supporters that are natural for him, meaning people making $50,000 or less or people with just high school degrees. Biden has a lot of those voters. They are the crossover voters. If they leave Biden, they're going to Bernie. That's the working class. They're not going to Warren. But he barely laid a glove on Biden either. He, he said the same thing on Iraq that he said in the last debate. That was it. And Bernie's other opportunity is to take uh, people that have left him for Warren. 
these niceties are not going to get it done. Bernie, he's gone down a little bit. Now he's gone up. But he's basically hovered around the same national polling between, I'd say, 17 to 22 percent in national polls. If you continue to stay steady where Joe Biden still has a, a significant lead, there's got to come an opportunity where that steadiness, you get closer to Joe Biden. And the only opportunity you have for that are debates or a Biden stumble. That's it. Debates or Biden stumble. Yes, I think there is an unforeseen Bernie vote that's not reflected in these polls. I think his campaign is doing terrific um, uh, on-the-ground canvassing, bringing out new voters, younger voters, this and that. But at the end of the day, people respond and the most attention paid to these primaries are during the debates. So I love Bernie Sanders. I think he'd be the best president we've ever had. But I'm just talking practically. The whole, well, they're not calling on him. Well, there's too many people on stage. When they do call on him, and they did call on him, they asked him, uh, you're talking about a political revolution here. Well, Barack Obama, Barack Obama is saying this country doesn't need a revolution. He could have said, uh, I, I will answer that, but I just want to point out, uh, although she's a dear friend of mine, I am the only person on stage. He don't have to be called on specifically to respond to Elizabeth Warren. There are ways to get it in, but he's choosing not to. And he's also choosing not to. He's also choosing not to go after Biden aggressively. And I and I don't understand why. I really don't. I I have been told for four years now, yeah, yeah, give it some time. He's gonna go after Hillary. Never did. Aggressively. And now we're being told. The last debate, he was a completely different person in terms of fighting than this debate. Maybe it's because he had just had a heart attack. Maybe he had to show people that he was lively and vibrant. But he was back to basically the version of Bernie that goes after Biden an hour and a half into the debate. You're not going to get, there might never be a point before Iowa that it's just Warren, Biden, Bernie. I think at the, at the least you're going to have four or five candidates on that stage. Biden is going to be there unless something happens health-wise. Warren is going to be there. Pete Buttigieg, which I'm about to get to him, is going to be there. He's funded for it. The media has basically created him, and he's going to be there. Um, Kamala Harris, I think she's going to be there. She's funded for it. She had a couple good moments last night. So they're not shrinking the field enough for this contrast and I heard Bernie's, um, Bernie, one of his aides went on with the Hill last night and said, you know, we're just waiting for the field to narrow. Well, I don't know how much you guys think it's going to narrow. And I would love, I would love to be wrong. But I just feel like we're getting deja vu from 2016. And the bottom line is people love a fighter. The difference between Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris when she went after Biden in that first debate and she had a polling surge, she didn't know what to do with it. And she dropped the ball after that. If Bernie Sanders 
starts fighting. He's going to have a polling surge. And he will capitalize on it. Jen, Jen dies in the private text. I think you're missing the, that people already see Bernie as being aggressive simply for existing as a Brooklyn Jew. So him being aggressive has to be carefully done or he will be killed in the media and perception is everything. I, I see your point, Jen, um, co-founder of Status Quo. Uh, but the bottom line is it doesn't really matter. Whether Bernie's nice or whether Bernie's aggressive, the media is going to go after him anyway. It's not about what the media moderators think. It's not about what the pundits think. It's about what the people watching the debate think. So Bernie's going to lose with the media whether he, you know, offers, uh, you know, milk and cookies or he goes after Biden or whatever. So it doesn't really matter. Viewers respond and Bernie could have very diplomatically, could have very diplomatically said, uh, I am the only one for Medicare for all on this stage. Uh, I respect Senator Warren, but she has a new plan that does not uh, fight for Medicare for all until year three. And frankly, uh, the way she proposes to pay for it will lead to people losing their jobs. That's it. You Do you want to be friends or do you want to be president? Because at this point, you can't do both. Also, why is nobody, and this is Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden's sitting up there, restore the soul of America. We fight, 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 fight. He literally is doing more fundraisers than campaign events. He is literally doing more private fundraisers in mansions than campaign speeches. Where is Bernie Sanders on that? So you guys might say, Jordan, you're too critical, this and that. I'm not here to be a Bernie sicko fan. I personally like him, but I, I do political reporting and analysis, and the analysis is... He, he's not fighting the way he should. Sorry. And I think it is, a, it is naive to think he, he's, he's pacing himself. He's going to wait. The next debate, again, I think it's going to be at minimum seven people, possibly eight or nine. The field's not going to be narrowed by December 19th. The debates after that, at the minimum, before Iowa, I think you're going to have five people on the debate stage. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, honestly, this is getting to a point of complete and utter... Essentially, he's a corporate creation. This is getting to a point of such utter embarrassment and shame that I frankly think there needs to be, dare I say, nonviolent protest. Pete Buttigieg has no qualifications to be president. I have done several videos on the, the mess he has created in a very small city. I'm not knocking small town mayors. That's fine if you're a small town mayor. Crime has gone up. Gentrification is run amok there. Black and brown people have been left essentially to die, particularly the homeless. I just did an interview with a resident. He wants to literally be commander-in-chief, run a country of 330, 330 million people. The man literally cannot ensure that there is homeless shelter in the winter during the day, that there is shelter for the homeless. He, frankly, has covered up a, a, a police recording that was making derogative comments about a black police officer. 
He has done nothing about a white police officer killing an unarmed black man. The list goes on. This is just in his city. When he ran, forgot when he ran statewide, he lost by 25 points. He has no qualifications to run for president. I think it would have to be questioned whether he has the qualifications to run for governor of Indiana. This hoity-toity, grandiose talk. We need to bring people together. I started paying attention to politics around the time of the 2003 Iraq War and the 2004 election. Since I started paying attention, John Kerry spoke about bringing the country together. We're sharply divided. Barack Obama talked about bringing the country together. We're we're sharply divided. Hillary Clinton spoke about bringing the country together. We're stronger together, blah, 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 blah. Mitt Romney talked about bringing the country together, even though behind the scenes he was saying 47% of you are, are moochers and scum. Every single candidate talks about we need to bring the country together. It doesn't mean anything. This country was founded on being divided. Okay? I don't want to be a, a negative, cynical Susie, but you want to bring people together? Go to a dog park. Okay? You know what brings people together? Being healthy. You know what brings people together? Having education. You know what brings people together? Ending mass incarceration and and criminalizing nonviolent drugs. People can be brought together if there's an investment in people. If there's an investment in humanity. There's less division when people aren't economically desperate. There's less division when people aren't economically furious. That's how we got Donald Trump. There's less division when people aren't working three to four jobs, which causes resentment. Pete Buttigieg is basically running on all of these poll-tested, consultant-driven, corporate media-crafted nonsense talking points that have nothing behind it. He has a Frederick Douglass plan when he's literally telling in South Bend, Indiana, a black resident who's critical of him, I'm not asking for your vote. A Frederick Douglass plan, he's at 0% in the black community. Can you imagine if Bernie Sanders was leading in a poll in Iowa or New Hampshire, but had 0%, they'd be calling for him to drop out. He, Pete Buttigieg is basically, if you threw Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and Newt Gingrich into a, into a bowl and just chopped it up. He is ambition. He was mayor of South Bend and in 2017 ran for DNC chair. Residents in South Bend said they barely saw him because he was going around running for DNC chair. I'm not knocking politicians who have ambition. They all have ambition. But there's ambition to do the right thing, and then there's ambition because you want power. Pete Buttigieg, he's going to bring the country together? Go to South Bend, Indiana. This man is the mayor of a divided small city. He has gentrified the city, so it looks very nice for for 10 blocks. Yeah, 
If you're watching from San Francisco, Seattle, if you're watching from Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Cleveland, New York City, Boston, the list goes on. How's that gentrification working for you? It is on. Got to do it. Sorry, Jen. It is un-fucking-believable that this man is on a presidential debate stage. Andrew Yang has more qualifications for him, having never run. Tom Steyer, who I disdain, has more qualifications. And I believe that this man, if he became the nominee, which would be just unreal, would probably go down in flames. Because when you are a media-manufactured mannequin, when you are a media-manufactured mannequin, eventually people start poking and they realize you're lifeless. How is it that Pete Buttigieg is literally great reporting from The Intercept, Ryan Grimm, is literally inventing support among black leaders in South Carolina. He's literally saying uh, black leaders in South Carolina endorse him when they have never endorsed him. They don't endorse him. They don't endorse his plan. The media, and correct me if I'm wrong, kind of alluded to his issues with black people, but did not ask him, uh, Mayor Buttigieg, recently you invented black support? And Kamala Harris, no idea why she held back her punch. Maybe she's afraid. You know, Actually, I do know. Because those same donors that Kamala Harris is depending on to keep her in this race, they're also donating to Mayor Pee Wee Herman. And Kamala cannot bite the hand that feeds her. Those donors don't want her laying a glove on Mayor Pete. That's why. I just realized that too. Because it made no political sense. Honestly, I think what you're seeing with Pete Buttigieg, and obviously it's we, we don't remember as much because it was a decade ago, I think this is even worse than what the media did with Barack Obama. At least Barack Obama was a senator. At least he was against the Iraq war. Right? At least he had some qualifications. This disgusting display by MSNBC this morning. Did you see this? Let's take a look at MSNBC and their absurd, their absurd propaganda this morning to help Pete Buttigieg. Your health care plan is Medicare for all who want it. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders is just straight up Medicare for all, including taking away private insurance from 160 million people. So let me ask you point blank. Do you believe a candidate who runs on Medicare for all can win a general election in this country? Certainly would be a tough sell because the American people want that choice. And by the way, that's not just general election voters, as we make sure we reach out to uh, moderates and try to pull Republicans across the aisle, but also Democratic voters. Uh, Democrats as well, sitting at home, uh, making health care decisions for uh, our families, don't want to have that option taken off the table. The whole idea of Medicare for all who want it is we, we create that public alternative and let you decide. If enough 
enough people decide that's the right answer, then eventually it becomes Medicare for all. But there's some humility in the approach here because we recognize that instead of Washington deciding whether and when people should switch, we let people make that decision for themselves. But as, Look, as you know, we've got to make sure. Mr. Mayor, I was just going to, you live in the state of Indiana. There are a lot of people who believe that taking away private health insurance from unions, Rust Belt states, the kind of places you all need, need to win back, is a poison pill and that there's no way to beat Donald Trump on that policy. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you've got a lot of union members who negotiated a good plan and, by the way, often made concessions on of any voter sizing up a candidate, which is... Where do you even start? Where do you even start? I don't know if you have producers at MSNBC. Just don't have a lot of resources over there at 30 Rock. Um, who won the state of Indiana in the Democratic primary? Oh, who won? By five points? The candidate Indiana or Michigan or, or these Midwestern states? Um, really? Pete, maybe Pete would know this since he's a mayor in the state. Bernie Sanders won the Indiana primary and his signature policy was Medicare for all. Bernie Sanders won the Michigan primary and his signature policy was Medicare for all. Bernie Sanders won the Wisconsin primary and his signature policy was Medicare for all. Bernie Sanders almost won, lost by less than a point, the primary in red state Kentucky and his signature policy was Medicare for all. Bernie Sanders almost won, lost by one less than a point, the Missouri primary and his signature policy was Medicare for all. I'm detecting a pattern here. Willie Geist is a corporate soldier. So he goes out there and puts out corporate talking points. Medicare for all progressive policies are popular everywhere, not just in California and New York. Medicare for all and progressive policies are popular in the Midwest, which is not a, 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 a an alternate universe of moderates. If the Midwest was an alternate universe of moderates, guess what? We'd be talking about President Hillary Clinton right now. MSNBC is lying and Pete Buttigieg is benefiting. And by the way, Pete Buttigieg is because every single expert says this. But of course, MSNBC is prop propping up this nonsense. You can't have a single payer program because he's calling it Medicare for all who want it. You cannot have single-payer government option with private health insurance also offering the same exact duplicative coverage. By doing that, the single-payer, the government option, doesn't work. You have to have everybody in. So there is a difference between countries like Canada and Denmark and Australia that have as the predominant provider the government but they also do have private doctors that if you choose, you could go to private doctors. Private doctors are not an expansive private insurance industry. Those are two different things, right? So for example, I go, uh, I go sometimes to a chiropractor. 
He doesn't take my insurance. But because he's a nice guy, I've gone to him for a while. We just have a deal. I pay him 40 bucks, which isn't cheap, but he's a, he, uh, he does very good work. That's what can happen. He's not on my insurance program, which in a Medicare system would be single payer, the government. But I pay him whatever I pay him, and that's it. Pete Buttigieg isn't proposing that. Okay? Pete Buttigieg is proposing a phantom system, just like Kamala Harris is proposing a phantom system, just like Joe Biden is proposing a phantom system. Obamacare did not end denial of care because you get denied care. For example, for example, I just got a, a mouth guard that I'm picking up Saturday, okay, for sleep apnea. I hope it works. Uh, it's supposed to pull my lower jaw forward, open up my airway, and allow me to sleep. Uh, after paying $120 for two doctor's appointments, wonderful, co- co-pay, co-pays there of $60 a pop, uh, then my insurance covered uh, seven, 60% of it, and I still owed $600 for this mouth card. Thankfully, I have the savings to pay the $600. A lot of people don't. So guess what? If somebody else was in my situation and had to pay $600 for this mouth guard, guess what? They wouldn't get the mouth card. Guess what? Sleep apnea, if untreated, can give you a heart attack, high blood pressure, diabetes, a lot of other things. And mine has been untreated for a long time. So guess what? I didn't I had a choice because I'm lucky enough that I had the money to say I had the money for savings. If I didn't have the money for savings, I'm lucky enough that I have a family who would have helped me out with it. The majority are not that lucky. So it's not a choice that Pete Buttigieg is proposing. Bottom line, uh, I think this is an embarrassment that this man is a front runner. I don't like Julian Ca- Julian Castro, for example. He he's another corporatist pretending to be uh, progressive, but he's more qualified than Pete Buttigieg. I don't like Cory Booker, but he's more qualified. Well, corrupt too, but they're both corrupt. And honestly, if and when Donald Trump wins re-election, everybody should remember these debates and these periods in media where the media literally invented out of thin air a dime a dozen mayor who gentrified his city and let and basically created a tale of two cities for wealthy whites versus black people, the media basically created a, a, a manufactured mannequin.